Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It's the ninth episode of our series here, brought to you by John Boy Media, the newest Mets podcast on the block. The one featuring two hosts with some pretty good hair. One of the hair is uh, sadly covered up today with a hat, but that's okay. I forgive Jerry because Jerry gets a pass because it was very recently his 38th birthday. Woo! 38, man. 38. Feels good. I finally feel, I feel like an older person at 38, but in a good way. Like I'm super happy to be 38. Like I feel like it fits me right now. Whereas I guess it's retirement. Whereas before I always felt like I'm like 31 or 28, like that same kind of ish. But now I feel, I feel my age in a good way. Like I really feel more mature, excited about, about where I'm at in life with my two boys, my wife, my kids living at home. So it was a great birthday. I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you for, for giving me the shout out. That's awesome. And you do have spectacular hair, by the way. You do have spectacular Touch hair. Touch it up nice today. Thanks for that. <laughs> I, I, kinda, I kinda forced you into that compliment, but I'm gonna take it anyway. No, I, I am I don't uh, I don't give in to peer pressure easily. Very respectable. You'll you'll learn to find that out, but I'm also quick for a compliment. And you do have solid hair, my friend. Nice, man. I appreciate it. I hope you don't report me to HR for inappropriate. Uh, I think I'm going to. You're making me slightly uncomfortable. I'm just the type of person <laughs> that doesn't know how to take the uh, positive attention, you know? So I always try to shy it away. Or in that case, get you in trouble, I guess. But uh, yeah, so Jared had his nice 38th birthday over the weekend. The Mets had a pretty nice weekend as well. Although I'm sure there are a lot of things on people's minds, even though we won the series, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I thought we'd start it off with a quick Q&A again, if that's cool with you. Deal. Well, you're going to cover game five, which was on my birthday. Oh, yeah. And I didn't watch it. So it's all even better because it was not pretty, <laughs> I hear. I did watch the highlights, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't exactly pretty. We'll get there, though. Well, let's get into that Q&A, man. Yeah, man. So this one's especially for you. It's it labeled okay. for Jerry, which a lot of the questions were, which makes sense. But it's from our buddy A Fox Three. He said, "For Jerry, who is the absolute worst batter in your opinion to face? Whether it was because they take thirty minutes to get into the box, are they really good at mind games, or were they just the bane of your earned run average?" I thought this was a pretty good one, and it is, you know, you're the birthday boy, so it's natural that we get you a question and a pretty good one. I'm a birthday man. Birthday man, excuse me, sorry, <laughs> no. grown man, grown man. That's so. Uh, that's a really good question. Like it's it's kind of takes into how I'm feeling that day because you know if I want to say who's the worst hitter I'd have to go with the best hitter who I would think be like Freddie and Ichiro Freddie Freeman Ichiro because they they rake but he says who's the worst hitter and for me it was Oduble Herrera for the Phillies oh wow like he just takes forever to get in the box it's so like he's it's just like I'm standing on the mound on the rubber, ready to go, like waiting for my signs and the catcher can't give signs until the batter steps in. So we're literally just like delayed. And he thinks he's playing these mind games, like messing with the hit, the, the pitcher's timing. And then really you're just delaying the inevitable because there were, there was a, he got famous for that for a little bit because he did it to Scherzer and the umpire called him, you know, for a strike. And he wasn't, he didn't even know what happened. He was like scared 
but he was boring. So great question, Odubel Herrera, who I, you know, you look at the stats, you'll see who won that battle most of the time. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a mind game thing. Well, at least it didn't work out in his favor. So at least he thought it was, which is a little embarrassing. Who knows? Would you say he's like the, the dice game Matsuzaka of hitters of just like hanging around, taking his time, that kind of thing? I mean, Dice K was uh, better at his job sure, sure. for a while than Odubel. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't I don't like that waiting forever. Like you can take your walk up song and and take your time getting to the plate, but once you're there, go about your work. JD Davis takes forever in the box. Oh, too. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, he takes too long for me, and so uh, you know everybody has their own routine and what they have, whatnot. But facing Odubel was like yawn experience even their own fans are like booing him like let's go dude yeah i mean come on man especially if you're the leadoff hitter and like people want the game to get kicked off yeah you, you gotta move that shit along a little bit yeah especially i come in I, I just have to get one guy most of the time or you know i'm like dude i came in here for you're gonna make me work like a whole 10 minutes ridiculous <laughs> my day of work 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can't waste too much time, even though I love our banter, because we got like five games to go through. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna dive straight into it because there's a lot to uh, discuss here, a lot of uh, offense to discuss, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, we'll start all the way back at game one, which seems like it's ages ago. When I was going through the notes of this, like I had forgotten a lot of stuff that had happened. It was still pretty. It was like an eventful game, but it had just happened so long ago at this point. Uh, the Mets won game one, uh, six to four, which was an encouraging sign. How about Rich Hill uh, giving a six scoreless? That was pretty awesome. He looked very uh, sure of himself and confident, which was nice. Had uh, four strikeouts uh, during the game there. This one was a tough swallow because uh, the Mets had a comfy lead going into the ninth. Uh, but Diaz blew a save, allowing a home run that really didn't look like it was going to be out uh, by Juan Soto. He went opposite field and just tucked it in the uh, the left field corner there. And then it was a, a bloop by Riley Adams that unfortunately, uh, I believe it was Pilar couldn't get to, sort of overran it. And then uh, that led to a double. And then Andrew Stevenson, who trucked Chan uh, Port Chancisco on the play at home. No interference was called or anything. Chancisco was actually okay, which was pretty cool. Uh, but that allowed the Nats to tie the game. But almost immediately, like first pitch at the 10th, Pete Alonzo put us right back ahead with a go-ahead single. And then uh, Kevin Pilar and Jonathan VR, who both had awesome offensive series that we're going to get into later, uh, they gave us some RBI knocks to put us up 6-4. to four, And Jerry's Familia shut the door on game one. It was a very uh, sure of ourselves win. It looked like we were the better team the whole run of the way, except for the Diaz inning. Um, we will be talking more about Diaz, I'm sure, as well. But that led us into game two. Game two, that was the first game of a doubleheader, two sevens. Um, the Mets did the same thing they did before, jump out to a big lead. They got two runs in the first. They got four runs in the second, highlighted by Javi Baez's 27th home run. They got one in the third, and then they got two more in the fourth to make it 9-0 on a Conforto two-run home run. Uh, big 9-0 lead. Uh, the veteran Stroman, who's been our de facto ace, took the bound. He didn't have his best outing. Uh, he did a fine job. He had a nine nothing cushion um, and he ended up going five, giving up three. And he had a little bit of a tough time. He had uh, three straight hits in the fourth inning where he ran into trouble to load the bases, followed by a bases loaded walk, which is very rare for him. And then it went sack fly, sack fly. Um, those are all three runs that they scored off him. He went into the fifth, got a one, two, three, fifth inning, and that ended his day. Um, so nine, three after, after he comes out after five innings in a seven inning ball game, great job. You know, not, not the ACE stuff that we're, we're used to seeing by him, but he did great. 
Um, then Miguel Castro comes in in the sixth. It started off with a Lindor error. Uh, then he got a strikeout, then a knock. Then he got a really hard ground ball that Bias makes this great stop up the middle. Tried this amazing, you know, backhanded flip to Lindor for a double play. Didn't work out. Um, they gave it a hit. I was like iffy about it uh, because I think he should have at least got one. But that's part of the magic that you're going to get from him. He's going to do some amazing things, and that's going to be a double play that you're not used to seeing. But sometimes it's not going to work out. And so those are the give and take things. And, it, and unfortunately, it didn't work out in that one. Uh, then he gets a, gives up a double to Alcides Escobar for the much-anticipated Brad Hand debut. So Brad Hand comes in facing Soto, gets Soto to ground out to Alonzo, who makes a good stop and then kind of throws it off and gives uh, this weird kind of throw that, that gets Brad Hand up in the air. Um, they give it a single with an error on the throw to, to advance the runners. So that, that puts all three runs on the back of Miguel Castro. Uh, then Josh Bell gets a single off Brad Hand, and we're like, "Uh-oh, this this lead is now thinning out." So it's it's nine to seven here. Brad Hand faces uh, Zimmerman, gets a huge double play to end it. Take a deep breath. We're still up nine seven. Um, that gives the ball to Seth Lugo, who goes in for the save. Diaz has been worked a little bit, so we want Lugo to come in nine to seven. Gets two outs, has a runner on second base, and then in steps Andrew Stevenson who crushes a home run, ties the ball game at nine to nine. Uh, it felt bad. It felt like another blown lead. That one felt bad. And then it felt even worse because in extra innings in the eighth, we had the runner on second, didn't score. And so in comes Trevor May, has to put up a zero with a runner on second base, which is a tall task. It feels like you're already pretty much a loss. And so he has a huge outing, puts up a zero, uh, Lindor leads off the ninth inning with a two-run home run with the runner on second base. Uh, Heath Embry, Embry comes in, shuts the door. The Mets win a big win in the in the first game of that doubleheader. It was a, a roller coaster of emotion. It was a lot of ups and downs, but ultimately they got the win. The offense looked great. Um, I thought Stroman did a fantastic job. I wanted to mention his highlight play that he also made, covering third base on another error where he ended up covering third base on a, on a miss throw to second base where Javi Baez picked it up and it was just a beautiful play. That's one of those things where like baseball instincts, Stroman's athletic ability and, and awareness and willingness to put himself in harm's way really highlighted that. Yeah, Stroman's going to have a nice reel by the end of the year, I think, with all these plays he's been making recently. If he doesn't win the gold glove this year, it'll be an absolute upset because he's really done, like you said, put together this highlight reel. It'll look brilliant for Rawlings to be able to put that up on the on the Jumbotron for them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a couple of things from that game. So obviously the 9 nothing lead turning into a 9-9 tie game, not fun. And, you know, a win's a win. We've been saying a lot, just win. But this is not the way you want to win, but a, a win's a win. That's the, that's the key principle there. Another important note is that Nimmo went two for two as part of the one, two uh, with uh, him and VR at the top, but uh, he went on the IL with a, with a hamstring strain. He's assuring fans that he's going to be back this season. So he doesn't think it's a serious thing. So hopefully uh, he's being, uh, he's gauging that pretty well there. And I also wanted to just ask you, Jer, cause you showed me before we recorded, can you show the, uh, the people watching on YouTube, your note sheet? Cause I was thoroughly <laughs> impressed for just for this game. This is my note sheet. This is just for game two, people. This is it. There was a lot going on in there. I, I circled Nimmo got hurt, and I didn't want to talk about it just simply because if I don't speak about it, 
it's not it doesn't come true it's not real oh okay got it got it so i i burst your bubble there a little bit that's my bad that one hurt me yeah but i just i love the yellow legal pad Thank it's you. just so classic it's so classic. this is a must by any lefty you have to have a legal pad whether it's yellow or white or whatever color just because the the, the notebook right yes, absolutely. doesn't it like leave like marks on your arm when you're like writing on it yeah plus like if you're if you're writing on like a regular binder like you have to start like in the middle of the page because your hands in the way again the most like nobody cares and it's harmless but the left-handed <laughs> the left-handed people of this world are the most discriminated against group in the world it's ridiculous but pure harmless discrimination i guess back in the day they used to like tie your hand behind your back and make you be right-handed but like nothing in this world is geared towards us being left-handed except for pitching that's pretty cool it's a shame but yeah so that was a roller coaster and that was only the first game of the day for the Mets yeah, believe it or not that was a seven inning game that went nine they had another game late at night uh, but they lost that one four to three that was their first drop of the series uh, and it really was the the tale of the first inning in this game uh, they were facing Josh Rogers who hadn't been in the league since 2019 He's making his Nats debut and the Mets uh, had put up one run in the first and had first and third with nobody out uh, a prime scoring opportunity to put up a lot in the first inning, which they had done a lot this series. So I commend the Mets lineup for that. Uh, but it was a couple strikeouts and a flyout. JD Davis was a big strikeout there. He's been slumping a lot recently and he was getting uh, his first start in a while here. So that was a shame to see. Tyler McGill, uh, he had to start in this game. He actually went the distance, even though it was a doubleheader game with his six innings, which was pretty cool. But he allowed the leadoff homer to Lane Thomas that immediately tied the game and a two-run bomb later to Alcides Escobar, who has put together a pretty nice run of it with the Nationals after being out of the league since 2018. Uh, but McGill's final line, six innings, four and run, seven hits, eight Ks. You can't ask for much more uh, considering how much the Mets offense has been scoring lately. You'd think they'd get more than three in this game. Pilar added a two-run homer late. He had a great series, but the the offense would stall out after that. So the Mets went quietly in the seven inning game. You have to wonder if it went the full nine, if the Mets might've been able to come back in this, but that's just kind of the way uh, the coin flips with these doubleheader games. The Mets have benefited a lot from seven inning games this year. So it was bound to come back and bite them eventually, uh, but they came back strong the next day. Yeah. So that brings us to game four, the much anticipated uh, from you, at least the, the debut of Josiah Gray, the big prospect. Um, but the Mets did what they've been doing. Their offense jumped out to a lead. They, they put four up in the first. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Lane Thomas, on the other end of it, hit his second straight leadoff home run. For, I want to talk about I hope we talk about him. He, he looks like a, a really good prospect. They got him for dealing John, like no slack on John Lester because he's had a great career, but they got him from the Cardinals for basically nothing. That was really impressive. I was, yes, he's, he's looked really good, played some really solid defense. But, um, Lane Thomas hits a home run. Bell hits a two-run home run to make it 4-3 in the first inning. So already a bunch of events. Uh, and then uh, the Mets continue to add, which I thought was huge. In the second inning, VR hits his 18th home run. That feels like 45 home runs. Um, and then in the third, Javi Baez hits his 28th in his sticks at the Met. Uh, he's been stellar. He looks really comfortable at the plate. Uh, whatever hip lower back issue that he was dealing with looks completely gone. Um, and then that brings up Juan Soto followed up three straight singles with his own single for two RBI, a wild pitch ties it at six to six. Tywin Walker struggled a little bit. And then he, uh, had a wild pitch to score the tying run. Josh Bell, uh, walks and that ends his day. He went four and a third, gave up six earned runs on six hits, three walks, six punch outs. Um, wasn't his cleanest day. 
you know, we needed a little bit more from him today, but um, you're going to have these. It's a long, long season. But Familia came in at a big spot, got out of the jam. Uh, it was huge. Um, so that's 6-6. Six, six. And then in the eighth inning, or that's, sorry, it was 6-6. Six to six, And then you get zeros put up by Castro, Loop, and May, uh, which is incredible. They, let, they, they made it look easy. Trevor May had a good Trevor series. Trevor May had an amazing series. He, he, he escaped some jams. He looked smooth. Uh, it added to his, you know, his season. He seems to be on a roll. It was a little bit up and down. Um, but in the eighth inning, we had three straight singles to load the base, bases. Uh, Mazika came through with a good sack fly. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't add anything there. So it's seven to six. We move on to the ninth. Lindor hits another home run to make it 8-6 just to add some insurance. Uh, and then Pilar hits this huge grand slam to, to make it a seven-run lead. So we're up 13-6. to six. And then Yenzi, Yenzi Diaz comes in, goes 1-2-3, slams the door uh, for the Mets win. Baez goes 4-4. Four four. We got multiple hits from Villar, Alonzo, McNeil, Conforto, Pilar with a huge grand slam, had a couple of hits. Just a great offensive outpouring. Not your best outing uh, from Taiwan Walker, uh, but the bullpen comes through. The offense comes through. Uh, it was a it was a good team win. That was that was a much needed win to move them into Game Five. Yeah, it was uh, Taiwan Walker. It's been a story of a little bit of inconsistency lately, and you know it, it was really fine until that fifth inning where he kind of just had a little implosion. It was the four singles a walk and a wild pitch. I'm not too worried about it, especially because the Mets ended up winning this game. But it happens sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you have that hiccup. It's good to see the offense pick them up and then the bullpen come up and, and, and do it smoothly. The bullpen came in and just shut them down. There was no like roller coaster of emotions, nothing too high leverage, just a good game from them. Yeah, absolutely. So that led us into game five, which was yesterday. And this is the one that I think is on everybody's mind, even though there were five games in this series. The Mets won the first three of four. They were looking pretty good in this game as well. It was another multi-hit day for guys like Alonzo, Baez, Lindor, and Pilar. Uh, Trevor Williams had maybe the gutsiest Mets start of the year. Watching this one was pretty laborious for sure. He went the full five. Uh, only allowed two earned runs, so that ERA is still sitting under two as a Met. But along the way, it was 10 hits and two walks. He didn't have a single one, two, three inning. I think he only got the leadoff hitter out once uh, in all of these innings. But he escaped jam after jam, got a big double play in the fifth to end his day. So he did his job uh, again in uh, one of these uh, starts here that he's getting more looks at, uh, which is pretty cool. Pete Alonso hit his 30th home run. Awesome little milestone for him there. He's at 99 in his career. So it's crazy to think that he's already going to be at 100, considering that he had the 2020 season, which was shortened. So basically just two and a half seasons, he's already there, uh, which is awesome. Three scoreless innings from the bullpen headed into the ninth. And then once again, uh, something's up with Edwin Diaz. Uh, he blew his second save of the series. Uh, he allowed two walks and two hits, but the one guy he retired was Juan Soto, which was a little backwards. Uh, but it was Andrew Stevenson who is becoming a new Met killer uh, very quickly uh, to give them the game tying hit and then uh, a game winning hit from Carter Keyboom. So the Mets drop the final game of the series. They win three of five. So they win the series and improve a game, but they fall to 69 and 69. Nice. Uh, instead of being 70 and 68. And it's, it's weird to, to come away with a bittersweet feeling in this series because you did get the job done, but you would have loved to take four out of five and you had a prime opportunity to do so. We, we could have taken five out of five there, to be honest. But again, we win a series. That's basically what you want to do. You know, you, you from now on, like as a, as a team, I think um, I think Louis Rojas said it, you know, the best. He's like, you know, everything that we lost, the blown leads, everything doesn't matter. We won three out of five. 
we got to look at it moving forward. Um, but the big takeaway for me is Nimmo. Nimmo being out of that lineup for an extended period of time. Hopefully he comes back fine. I think he will. Um, and, and good on the Mets for putting him on the I.L., and making him sit because he's going to try to force his way into that lineup being the tough guy that he is, but we're going to miss him. He's been unbelievable this year, like incredible, like his normal self, but he's really elevated his game. He's been playing really solid defense, great base running. Um, so we'll miss him. But uh, outside of that, you won three out of five games. You know, it felt horrible. The offense was great. The bullpen looked solid, except for Diaz's uh, couple of miss hits. Lugo did, you know, had a, had a rough inning and a save there. Um, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but you won three out of five. You're 69 and 69, which is nice, and you're moving forward. First time in franchise history, by the way, that we're 69. 69. I saw that too. What are the odds of that? What are the odds? That is silly. Yeah, but big shout outs before we get to key performances uh, for Jerry's Familia and Trevor May, who both had really good series, both had to escape some pretty nasty jams that set up some nice, much needed wins for us. They will go as unsung heroes, especially because the story will be Edwin Diaz uh, revolving around the bullpen there. But yeah, I mean, we're allowed to elongate and discuss uh, the whole uh, last game of the series here. But for the Mets, the important key thing is what Rojas said, just move forward. You won the series, win the next series, and then win the one after that and keep doing that until the end of the season. That's all the Mets can really do at this point you can't dwell but luckily for us uh, we get paid to dwell which is very nice that's it that's our that's our jobs now so before I bring up all the key performances from the offense I want to expand a little bit on Diaz because I found a pretty interesting split uh, when I was looking at his baseball reference today it was pointed out on Twitter a couple times yesterday but I wanted to expand on it a little bit and it's his road splits and I know that home and road splits aren't the most reliable thing to gauge a problem in a player. But for Diaz, it's just been especially alarming. Uh, he's been lights out at home this year. Uh, six earned runs in 34 home innings. He's uh, had the bulk of his work at home this year. The Mets haven't had as many safe situations on the road, it seems like. And then uh, conversely, it's 18 earned runs in 21 away innings. So less innings and far more earned runs, triple than that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because I, I have a, a lefty pitcher at my disposal, a former Met at my disposal, so I got to. Uh, but were you ever like a home and away guy? Did you ever feel more comfortable in one stadium versus another? Did, was that like a one season thing? Did that ever happen to you? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think if you look back at my career, I would be surprised if my home road splits were were a big difference. Um, I think it's kind of fluky uh, for Edwin Diaz. Uh, I've never seen it work out that way. You, you said last year, last two years, it, it was pretty much even. I, I don't know what the deal is. I, I know that for me, it's it's the walks like big walks. And that allows him to get into trouble because you're going to give up blue pits. His stuff is so nasty that every once in a while he's going to break a bat and it's going to be blooped in or, or what's what, whatever the case is, but you can't put on free runners. You just can't do it because those bloops turn into RBI versus, you know, just a, a runner on first now. And so, you know, I hope he gets it. We need him. If we're, if we're going to do anything, he has to be our closer. I mean, who, who, who would replace him? Where are you going to pitch him? He has to pitch high leverage innings. We, we have a thin bullpen. Uh, we have a, a great bullpen, but it's thin because we get they get used so much. Um, so we need him. We're going to iron it out. He's going to be either a big part of our success moving forward with the Mets, or he's going to be a part of the reason why they don't end up making the push. So whatever the case may be, I believe in his stuff. I believe in his approach. I don't know what the deal is. I'm not a, I'm not there with him, but he needs to needs to throw strikes. He can't walk guys like that. That's the only that's the only thing that I see that's the big deal. Yeah, exactly. I like, you know, 
it's bound to happen. Like you said, you're going to shatter a bat or a guy is just going to time it right. And when you hit a hundred mile per hour pitch, it's going to go far. Like that's just kind of how it goes. But if Diaz can throw strikes, that's really the key there. The sensationalist in me is like, Oh, maybe it has something to do with the trumpets at home. And maybe because they're playing the trumpets while he was coming in and messing up. That walkout song is fire. I love it. It's so good. It's like one of my favorite closer entrances ever. Um, But I agree. The fact is it, it might just be fluky or it might just be something with Diaz's psyche, but uh, walks. I, I, I fully agree are just the, the killer there. You can't allow free runners, especially in high leverage situations. Cause it makes that leverage all the more pressurizing. So Diaz, I'm hoping he turns it around. He's had stretches of uh, bad save opportunities this year and then completely followed them up with stretches of dominance. So it could just be a streaky thing. And I'm hoping that maybe he can ride a nice streak to the end of the season there. Me too. I know I didn't, the, the Juan Soto home run, you mentioned it didn't look like a home run. He does that the opposite field sometimes, but you're up two runs. You don't want to put the tying run up at the plate. So you attack him. His first pitch was a good pitch. It's like hundred miles an hour away. And he just hit it for a home run the other way. So, you know, that's, that happens. So, but you can't walk the guys to, to, to push runners across. So that Soto home run had a 110 expected batting average. So it was just a little dink and it snuck into a perfect part of the ballpark. It just, sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles, especially a lot for Edwin Diaz this year. Keep thinking of the Stallings grand slam that looked like a fly out to before the warning track sometimes it just sneaks out that's baseball baseball's a weird <laughs> sport man let's let's go let's see some key performances our offense was incredible we should definitely talk about this i'll just say the bullpen has a whole phenomenal job like usual you know edwin diaz let's turn it around lugo ignore that you know stevenson maybe we'll walk stevenson and soto our guys lane thomas who knows <laughs> yeah i think so but uh our offense let, let's let's give some some positive notes this is by far the most offensive key performances we've ever had on this show ever we got five guys here which i can't even believe i'm just gonna i'm gonna run through a couple of them here first off and, and foremost for me is javier Baez because he had the four hit game there he had the stretch of getting on base for like three or four games at some point he went nine for 18 in this series that's a 500 batting clip Two doubles, two homers, three RBI, stole a base. He was doing it on all sides of the ball. Had some nice defensive highlights there as well. And uh, it was really welcoming, welcoming to see because I think ever since the thumbs down debacle and you mentioned the back spasms are gone, it's looking like this is the real deal. This is looking like what we traded for to the point where like Javier Baez, he didn't even need to carry this lineup necessarily, but he had his best offensive season, uh, best offensive series of the, the year for the Mets so far, for sure. Yeah, I wanted to highlight Jonathan VR. You you mentioned Javi Baez's streak. Didn't he have like seven straight at bats with a hit? Like that's amazing. That's ridiculous. That's a what an incredible run. Yeah, you're gonna you you know you didn't even get walked in that. Yeah, you, you didn't get hit by a pitch or whatever the case may be. That's pretty incredible. But he went nine for twenty three with two doubles, a homer, three RBI, and a stolen base himself. Played solid defense. That that double play that Brad Hand got started on a really hard ground ball to VR with who made a. Great strong throw to Baez and Baez to Alonzo. Uh, he's looked good. I, I'm I've been so impressed with with what he's done. When's the last time you saw 23 at bats in a single series? That's kind of a crazy. Uh, <laughs> I know it's five games. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's five games. It's 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 really crazy. Uh, we, we Pete Alonzo didn't make our our key performances, but he hit the heck out of the ball. Oh yeah, he like dented the wall a few times and hit that a couple of home runs. But but he had a great series too. For sure. We couldn't fit everybody because we also got to include Francisco Lindor, who is smacking the ball. And it looks like we're, we're finally getting the real deal there, too, which is super exciting. His lefty swing looks so clean right now. He put up six for 18, drew two walks, 
clubbed two home runs and collected five RBIs. He came up clutch in a lot of spots too, which I thought was pretty important there. A lot of late inning home runs for him. Uh, so Lindor obviously doing it with the glove. He had that a bit of a misplay in the, the final out of the last game there. That's a tough play to make in the first place as well, but he's doing his usual thing with the glove. And now he's really producing with the bat as well. And all their, I'm seeing all their batting averages and OPS is climb and it's just warming my heart, man. It's looking like a real lineup. It's a game of, of inevitability with mathematics. It's starting to hit. You mentioned clutch. He, he, he was clutch. He came up with some huge hits and big opportunities. To continue on the clutch, let's go to Kevin Pillar, who went eight for 16 with two doubles, two home runs, eight RBI, and a big stolen base. Who would have thought, man? Clutch, man. He 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 comes in and in big spots and puts together pro at bats uh, and punishes you know the these young pitchers that don't necessarily understand the the approach that you need to take on a guy, and he and he crushes it. So good for him. I'll admit to my hypocrisy because Pilar had that rough two or three months stretch there. And I was fully ready to pull the, pl- pull the plug on him, DFA him, get somebody up, maybe Khalili or something, but he was uh, integral to the offensive performance of the series with that grand slam eight RBIs. That's a ridiculously crooked number for a single series. Uh, so good for Pilar. And he's going to be seeing more playing time now because we don't have a center fielder as of right now. So it's going to be him and Almora. With Nimmo going down, uh, Pilar being hot is going to be key. So he's going to get some playing time. So uh, I, I wish him nothing but the best, and and he's going to be a good piece to that lineup. Yeah, and another crooked outfielder stat. Uh, Michael Conforto had another good series. He continues to pile on these good numbers, these consistent numbers. Six for 19, a homer, and seven RBI. So him and Pilar combined, 15 RBIs from our outfield this uh, this season, uh, this series, which is awesome. Uh, so the offensive performances, we didn't even mention Pete Alonzo. We missed a couple guys there from the bullpen as well because a lot of Mets had great series. And when you look at these numbers, it's a, it's a little bit disheartening because this seems like a, a team that probably could have taken four or even all five of these games, but instead they, they, uh, they come away with three. They wanted to be 69 and 69. So it is what it is. I hope that's not the real reason, but if it is, <laughs> like, I, I have a little bit of respect for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, like, you know, Rojas said, you, you can't do anything about it. It is, we won three out of five. If you would have said it before the series started that we're going to win three out of five, you'd have been like, all right, I'll take it. Um, four out of five would have been, would have been way better. It would have felt better because he deserved it. They played that good, but it is what it is. Move on, look ahead. You got a game tonight, play. You got to play baseball. So the Mets are eight and two in their last 10. They're eight and three ever since this uh, gauntlet of easier teams had began. Took two out of three from the Nats the first time. Swept Miami. The thumbs down came through and a little bit of controversy there. Yeah, I still feel like that. The positive vibes went down from this became a thing. And I think it turned around because it, it almost felt like the, the hitters got to air a little bit of dirty laundry. They just got some stuff off of their chest and let the people know that, that you know, it, 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 this is how it is. This is how they feel. At least, you know, they got to talk about it a little bit. And from then on, like that, that Javi Baez scored that winning run on a, on a, on the play. And it's all felt good since then. Even, even the blown saves, even the two losses, again, this is a completely depleted Washington nationals team that sold everybody at the deadline, but you win, you won a series, a big three out of five. Um, you just got to keep moving forward. You got to win ball games. 
Yeah, the name of the 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 namesake here is just win every series you play for pretty much the rest of the year. I think losing one series could completely stall this team out. But you mentioned the thumbs down thing. Every entertaining Mets team that we've seen in the past like six or seven years has had a catalyst of some sort. When I go back to 2015, it's obviously the Wilmer home run, the non-trade, all that that fiasco. In 2016, I think of the Estrubal uh, Cabrera big home run against the Phillies, and then they won a lot of games from there on in. 2019, the Todd Frazier home run. They won a bunch of games from then on in. Uh, they didn't make it that year, of course, but still. Every Mets team that has been successful to some extent has had a catalyst of some sort. And for me this year, it's definitely been thumbs down. This team has felt different ever since thumbs down was a thing. It's not news anymore, of course, but I think it just changed the trajectory of this team. And it, of course, aligned with a pretty easy set of schedule here. But that's what you want to do for these future series where you're playing the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Phillies, all these uh, uh, teams of a higher echelon. You want to build momentum into that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think you 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 hit the nail on the head there. It just feels different. It feels better. The The flow of the game feels feels better. The hitters look more at ease at the plate. Like it just feels like they got rid of all the dirty laundry, all the, the weight that was sitting on top of them, and, and they could take a deep breath and just play baseball. Um, I don't care what the case was, what, whatever they feel like it was, it was a moment. It feels better now, and, and they're playing great. They, they're hitting the heck out of the ball. Let's, let's hope that continues. Yeah, well, we, we mentioned the uh, the Javi Baez walk-off racing home. Well, we're getting that team for three more games, and if you could sweep again, that'd be awesome. But again, the namesake is win the series. So the Mets are headed to Miami. The series starts tonight, and they're facing uh, three guys that they've already have faced this season, all of whom they've batted pretty well against. Uh, game one is going to be Cookie Carrasco taking the hill again against Edward Cabrera. He's making his third career start, but already his second against the Mets. Uh, the Mets were able to chase him after four innings last time. There was that big Michael Conforto moon shot uh to right field off him and cookie uh, the the name of the game here is going to be get a clean first inning uh, the first inning has been a problem for him pretty much every time out uh, as a met his last three starts 17 and a third innings eight earned runs 16 k's that's pretty nice that turns in a decent era there uh and cookie just after that first inning he's been able to cruise every time i don't think the mets are going to roll with an opener especially considering the bullpen is a little depleted right now we had to lean on them a decent bit uh, because of our starters from last series uh, but if cooking get through the first clean and get us like five or six innings and set us up nice, I'm sure that the Mets will be able to hit Edward Cabrera and his nasty stuff again, because it's not totally polished yet. He's still getting the, the hang of things here. So the Mets have a prime opportunity to jump on the rookie again. Game two, it'll be Rich Hill versus Sandy Alcantara, who we kind of hit around a little bit. We gave a put up four runs and six and a third. This is their, this is their guy. This is their number one starter. He's got great stuff. He's got a 3-3-6 three, three, on the year. That's a pretty incredible number, especially on a team that's uh, doing as poorly as they are. So Rich Hill is coming off his, what I think is his best start of the year against the Nats. He made Juan Soto, who's one of the most polished hitters in the game, he kept him off balance. And that's exactly what you need to do. Very impressed by him. Uh, and so we hope to see that momentum go. And I feel like our lineup is going to be too much for them down the road. So I hope they, they continue to push. So game two will be a good one. Um, and, and I hope to put up some crooked numbers on Alcantara early. Yeah. I mean, we, we were able to sleep them last time and now this offense looks even more overpowered than it did just last week when we played them. And, you know, like I'm all for taking four runs and in six innings against Alcantara, but I think if you have the opportunity to, and I think the Mets will, 
to put up more crooked numbers, you got to do that, especially because the starters have slowed up a little bit in, in recent goings and recent series. And that makes sense because they've been so great this entire year. But Rich Hill is one guy that's really come around after, a, you know, a stretch of some pretty rough starts there. Uh, he had the six scoreless innings last time out. He has uh, 16 innings and five earned runs over his last three starts. So he's put together some pretty nice outings and he'll get to face a pretty weak Marlins offense again. But yes, yeah, Sandy Alcantara, that 3.36 uh, ERA is not telling of his eight and 13 record. And that just goes to show you how uh, wins and losses fare in the modern game. But uh, game three, we're getting our de facto ace back on the bump. I know we use that term a lot, but it's just kind of fun to say, honestly, de facto. It is kind of fun. It's a good word. You've, you've used some good words today. Laborious. I think you use integral. I, I used that sensationalized, too. I got my whole, um, I got my flows oh going. Oh, my a little gosh. Bit. Look at you. <laughs> a little bit of a wordsmith, all right? Uh, Marcus Stroman, he's taking the bump against Jesus Lazardo. The Mets got him actually in his first Marlin start ever. Um, uh, they tagged him for three runs over five innings. He had a rough stretch there, but he actually had a, his uh, best start of the season and his best start as Marlin last time out. Lazardo shut down the Reds uh, for uh, six innings there, allowed only one hit. So that was his first scoreless start, his first win. Reds have been skidding a little bit too. But Stroh needs to bounce back. Uh, he went five innings again. He always makes it to that five inning mark. He allowed three runs against the Nats offense. They kind of roughed him up towards the end. Uh, but Stroh has been very reliable for this team in terms of getting some length and getting a decent start out of him. And I think they're going to really need it this time around, especially if Hill and Cookie don't go uh, according to plan because the bullpen could be really taxed by the time we get to game three there. Uh, so the Mets have a prime opportunity to win each of these games, especially considering they just faced all of these pitchers pretty recently. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, again, Miami has been a house of horrors for this team a little bit, sort of how the trop is for the Yankees. Um, but I'm hoping they can overcome it. I remember, you know, remember last time we were here, we only took one of four and then we got swept by Philly and that began that really rough stretch for the Mets. And I'm hoping this can be a little bit of redemption for them. I hope they come in with like a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, not, you know, taking this too easily. I think they will. They're going to face some really, really high talented arms in this series. Those three starters have really good stuff. Jesus Lizardo is one of the top prospects uh, with the A's a hundred throws a hundred got special stuff from the left side. Um, I think he's got, or the Marlins have big plans for him. If they're going to actually do something over the next couple of years, um, they got him They're They're looking for him to be, you know, a top end front end starter. And he's got the stuff to do that. And, and you've mentioned Edward Cabrera has incredible stuff. And Sandy Alcantara a couple of years ago was in both of their boats and he's polished himself and become, you know, their ace. And so our offense is going to need to do something. We're, we're catching Miami at a good time because at the end of the season, all the, all the, the hype for them and, and momentum building from the beginning of the season after making the playoffs the previous year uh, has died down and they've played a little bit more to who they are. And it's a little bit September games when you're out of it is pretty rough, especially when there's going to be a lot of rental players there. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they have any, um, any lively, you know, outings or if they get, they've got any gusto to their game. And so love gusto, the Mets, the way they've been hitting gusto. Yeah. The opposite <laughs> of, of, of sensationalized. Yeah. If they want to, if they want to bring something, the Mets have to, to push, keep jumping on them early and hopefully they lay down. It, it's kind of been the theme for teams that are in September without much to play for. And so uh, I want to see him jump onto it. Yeah. And one last thing to note is that both times the Mets have played the Marlins recently, they've been able to duck Trevor Rogers, who has definitely been one of the more effective guys uh, from their rotation. But yeah, the Marlins have something building here with Edward Cabrera, Alcantara, Rogers. They have a solid rotation building. Lizardo. They've got some talent in their, in their arms, man. 
Luckily for us, it's not fully formed yet. And the big thing here is that this is the last series of this easy go of teams. After this, the Mets are back to playing contending teams for pretty much the rest of the season, kicking it off with the Subway Series at City Field. Now, the Yankees have been skidding a little bit. They lost 8 nothing yesterday. They dropped the series to the Orioles. They dropped the series to the Angels. If they continue to skid, the Mets can really capitalize on a team that's kind of in a, in a wrong way right now. You don't want the Yankees to get hot over these next two games and then come into such a, a high-impact series. So hopefully the Mets, you know, their luck can turn that way for them and they can take another series from the Yankees like they did earlier this year. But it's going to be a fun one, especially for us. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. This is meaningful for both organizations, both fan bases at the same time. Baseball right now is super exciting. You've got kind of mild collapses from the Red Sox and Yankees. Um, the Reds, the Padres, the Mets. Now you've got some chaos going on in, in baseball, which is what what's exciting. It's the it's the the chase. You know, everybody wants that pennant. Everybody wants to make the playoffs. Uh, it should be a fun ride, and and the the Subway Series is going to be a highlight for it. Uh, it's always exciting, even when the teams, when it, even when it doesn't mean anything for one of the teams. And so you've got some stuff on the line. There's going to be some headlines made. Uh, I'm excited for it. But we can't look too far. Oh, no, we can't. We can't. I was actually going to say the same we thing. We can't. We're allowed to, but We're they can. allowed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, with we haven't really talked about it really, but with the NL wild card, it's getting a little spicy there. Just because Reds, Reds have dropped. It's, spicy. it's a little spicy, like a little caliente. Uh, Reds have dropped 9 to 13. Cubs won like seven in a row, which I thought was really cool. I just want to throw that in there because I saw that this morning. I was like, what? How the Cubs win seven in a row? <laughs> but the Padres keep playing, you know, like 500 ball. The Phillies are so inconsistent. They won 12 nothing yesterday, though, off Woody, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Mets are only four and a half out of the wild card, four out of the division, and they got some winnable series coming up. Uh, September baseball. I, ha I haven't remembered a time where I was this excited for September baseball in a while. So it's going to be definitely fun for us. I'm sure talking Yanks and us are going to link up for something this weekend. So look out for that. If you're a big Shea station guy or a big John boy guy in general, oh, I hope so. It's going to be a fun week for sure, but you got to get through Miami first. Got to get through them. You know, only winning three out of five in Washington puts a lot of pressure. You have to win two out of three here. You have to win it. Game one with Cookie um, is really important. That way you don't put you, – you take the pressure off of the last two games to only win one. Let's just jump on them, sweep them. That'd be wonderful. You should. You're a better team. Javi, I remember last time we were in Miami, you got mad at nothing. If you need to do it again, by all means, just go for it. Just start yelling at people. Who was the pitcher he was yelling at? I still don't know. Maybe I didn't look into it enough, but I still don't know who he was I don't remember. At. I hope he's – yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Billboard material, man. Whatever it takes to fire you up. I don't care. You play well, do it. Yell it. Jeter. He's going in the Hall of Fame soon. <laughs> Look up into the front office. Get him down here. I don't care. That'll really get the, the Subway Series riled up. Call him out. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some fireworks, honestly. The Subway Series has been kind of calm past couple times around. Been pretty friendly. It's going to be heated. Because, you know, one team might come in agitated. You never know. If we got if we got savages in the box and if we had, you know, uh, asses in the jackpot, like, I mean, that would be just just incomparable. Get that on a shirt, man. Get that on a shirt. Call the boys. <laughs> Call the merch guys. John Boy, the king, the king of shirts. He's not afraid. He's done a good job. Yeah, we need more Mets merch. I've got some. I just got an email. I was looking for your Zoom link. I got an email. I ordered a couple of a uh, couple of Shea Station That's shirts. That's what I'm talking about. Mine just came, actually. So maybe I'll wear it next time out. Good. They should be delivered today. So uh, I've got the 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 Apple with the JM logo. Sick. Mm, that's clean. Actually. And I've got our Shea Station. It's so nice. So yeah, guys, if that's something that's interesting to you, you should go to johnboymedia.com, check out the merch, 
Do we get a cut of that? I think we get a little bit of a cut. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, put, put my kids through school. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So buy his shirts for a good cause there, guys. For uh, That's Jerry's right. kids. There you go. For our charity. Jerry's kids, not the Jerry's kids. Right. Yeah. You know, do you know what Jerry's kids are? The no, telethon? I actually don't. Did I accidentally? Oh, that's Jerry something? Lewis. Yeah, that's a that's a real that's a. <laughs> okay, so not not that charity. I used to answer phones uh, for the the muscular dystrophy telethon. No shit. Really? That's the yeah yeah we did it all the anyway. I don't want that. We're getting beside <laughs> the point. Just buy some t-shirts and support some charities. What an ad by us. We yeah, yeah Jerry's us, children, guys. my children. <laughs> And my actual children. That's a little culty, actually. I don't know if I love Jerry's children. I'm not going to lie. Kind of sounds like you're a a cult leader. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind (laughs) of am. They do think I'm awesome. Yeah, exactly. They do think I I, I am the king. It's (laughs) short-lived, so I'm going to enjoy it. All right. We sidetracked enough here. I got a little bit of a Today in Mets history for us. This one, it goes back to the Labor Day stuff we were talking about last time. This was the key David Wright moment win that we had discussed briefly last time. Home runs from Michael Conforto way back when in his first year in 2015. Kelly Johnson, Yohannes Suspedes, and the Mets scored three in the top of the seventh inning to win their first game of the series against the Nationals. Later on, we'll get the Kirk Neuenheis home run and all those great highlights. But yeah, this was another one that catapulted Mets momentum. Is this the David Wright arm pump? Yes, that's sir. A, that's a I that lives vividly in my memory from seeing it on TV. His short arms, they're he's jacked, but his arms are so short, it's perfect <laughs> for like the arm pump. <laughs> Hope he's not listening. Technically, I just called him stubby. I'm just saying. I didn't say stubby, I said he had short arms. He's jacked. You in, you insinuated it. I'm the opposite of stubby. I have no, I'm like all length. So beat me up, David. What what do you got? <laughs> He does not listen to our podcast. I yeah, promise. No, you. I don't think he does either. I think he's busy with other stuff. He couldn't catch me. I'm fast. If he does, him. Dave, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a good jog in Jerry's memory from just a just a year later. I haven't read it. In 2016, good. I like when you don't read them, and I can kind of. I don't. I try not them. to go too far ahead of the our notes here. I always so. leave them at the bottom on a separate page, just in case, you know. Good. Yeah, I, I try not to look into it because I don't remember most things. Yeah. Exactly. Just spring it on you. It's literal jogging my memory. Exactly. Uh, this one's from 2016, another Mets playoff race. Uh, you inherited a pretty nasty mess, first and second, uh, with two outs there in a pretty tight game. Uh, you got this from Hansel Robles, so thank him for that. But the one guy you had to face and the one guy you struck out was one Joey Votto, who's going through quite a little MVP season right now. Ooh, so that was a big idea for you. Did he uh... – it was this at Cincinnati. Do you remember? It was at Cincinnati. I did. I he uh, he broke his bat after I punched him out on one. No, really. Game, like broke it over his leg. I think it might be this game. I gotta. All right, I'm gonna look into that after. I might post like a little Shea Station clip. I love Joey Votto. I I really appreciate him. My a lot of my family, my brother, my best friend are huge Reds fans, and so when I go to Cincinnati, they come and they're like. We're cheering on you for sure in the Mets. You're number one. But also, you know, if you lose the Met and the Reds win, we like the Reds. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you're a Reds family, not a Cleveland family. So my mom is a huge uh, Cleveland Indians Guardians fan. And my brother, best friend, a lot of Reds fans. We got to work actually closer to Detroit where I'm at. I'm like an hour south, hour and a half south of Detroit. Oh, really? So we get a lot of Tigers fans, but no Mets fans, except for the people that love me. I mean, that makes sense. It's from Ohio. I think if I was an Ohio guy, I'd be a Cincy guy, though, for sure. 
we also have like there's a family of huge ace fans here that i run into every once in a while really um yeah there's a kid his son's name's hudson after tim hudson and the, and the big three out there um good family uh they've run and they've come to my my um my charity uh baseball outing we run a little camp for kids for free uh they've been out to a bunch of stuff but mostly tigers and and indians fans with a mixture of reds and then my family of of mets and a's people so a whole hodgepodge kind of a mess a hodgepodge but i hope this is the joey vado break the bat over his leg after i strike him out yeah i gotta find that clip for sure i'm actually it's if it's 2016 i can find it pretty easily so i'll get back to you on that but yeah the meds the reds actually picked up three off addison reed of all people who had been locked down that year uh, but you guys won that game five to three. You improved to 74 and 66. That was your fourth win in a row. And then you'd eventually sweep Cincy. Another Addison Reed shout out here. Yeah, man. We're an Addison Reed pod for sure. I love Addison. There's what's not to like. I texted him the other day after we talked about him and I sent him the, the picture of this and he was loving it. Oh, really? Damn, that's so nice. <laughs> He's not in our fantasy league. Oh, he's not. Oh, wait, can I? Okay, so I want to expand on this. Who is in the fantasy league? How many people? Is I'm it? not telling you anything. Come on. No, nothing. Except for I told you Nui. Yeah, I know Nui. Yeah, Nui and Heist is in All it. All right. Can I Can I guess like some out there names? Yeah, you, you can do your own thing. I'm not going to. I'll tell you no or yes, and you'll never know. It doesn't. It's not just 15. It's not just 15. Oh, okay. It might be all 15 guys, but it's not just 15, if that makes sense. Okay, that does make sense. All right. So it's David Wright. It's Jacob DeGrom. Really? Uh, Ron Darling. Yeah. We got Howie Rose. Wow. Um, who else? We've got the ghost of Christmas past. No, man. We, I'm not telling you. This <laughs> <is> a, <laughs> I'm not telling you that. You can ask. Maybe off the air. Okay. Off the air. Sorry, guys. No, just Sorry. kidding. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. All right, so to recap real quick, Mets got that series in Miami. Subway series coming up right after. Make sure you t- uh, stay tuned into John Boy Media Podcast because I'm sure there's going to be some Talking Yanks, Shea Station crossover stuff. Should be a lot of fun. Maybe a live show. We haven't ironed that out yet. Uh, but for those listening, we thank you. We're about to go on to our 10th episode, which is pretty exciting. Double digits. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep rooting for the Mets. Keep your head up. Three out of five is still a series win. That's what you should take away. And Edwin Diaz will be just fine because he's elite. I know you might not want to hear that, but Edwin Diaz has elite stuff and uh, he'll figure it out. I'm confident. Yeah. Well, I'm Jerry Blevins. Thank you for tuning in and let's go Mets. I'm Jolly Olive and uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. strike three. A career high 15 strikeouts for Jacob DeGrom.